Welcome to Roots, a music podcast. My name is Alex. And I'm Edo. And together we are on a journey to celebrate and discover the music of different cultures from around the world. In each episode, we will venture to new places under the guidance of expert musicians who are active in the traditional music scene of the region or the group of people they represent. We will learn everything there is to know about the music, what it sounds like, how it's made, who performs it, and the occasions in which it is performed. Most importantly, we'll find out how this music has evolved into the 21st century. Our guests will also workshop their music with us so that we can all experience the music directly from its source. We are so excited for you to come on this journey with us and explore the world through music. On today's episode, we are joined by Samir Langis, a Grammy-nominated musician born and raised in the city of Agadir, Morocco. He began learning Ganawa, a traditional spiritual trance music, when he was eight years old from Ganawa Masters of Morocco. Samir now resides in Brooklyn, where he continues to play Ganawa music both in its traditional form and with the addition of other cultural influences and instrumentations. Often called the Moroccan blues, Ganawa music has been described as hypnotic. It has fascinated musicians from all around the world, including jazz pianist Randy Weston and, of course, guitar god Jimi Hendrix. The music is played on an array of unique instruments, which we will explore in this episode, including the lute-like instrument called the sintir, which is Samir's instrument of choice. Samir has collaborated with artists from a variety of musical genres and backgrounds, including jazz, electronic music, and rock. Samir has successfully taken a centuries-old North African tradition and blended it with the pulse and attitude of New York City, all while maintaining the integrity of the Ganawa music at its core. Samir, thank you so much for being here and speaking with us today. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. So, um, we'll, we'll just get started um, with a very important question. Um, so, who are the Ganawa people? Um, can you tell us a little bit about them and yeah, yeah who they are? Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a long subject, like the Gnawa people. Uh, we have to go back to, uh, to, to the origins of, of the Gnawa people. Um, they came from West Africa. 
they were the enslaved people that were transported to to the west and um, and uh, you know they passed through morocco and some of them stayed in morocco and some of them went to europe and some went to america and you know west uh, mm -hmm. south america and north america yeah but they have the they have the origins of uh, of the Gnaw music they are the people who have brought the music to morocco beautiful yes i know edo had a, no i know edo had a question about yeah well had a question you wanted exactly. to ask exactly no um and and also like i know that gnawa is also connected uh, like some of them also went to other what they became then other countries in north africa right because there's a the gnawa tradition to my understanding it's very similar to stambeli for example yeah right? that's the that's the that's the thing it's like uh, a lot a lot of people they say that the, the name Gnawa came from Guinea, but, 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 but it doesn't make sense because if you look uh, in Tunisia, they call it Stambali. In Algeria, they call it Diwan. And uh, in Egypt, they call it Zar. And uh, in Morocco, we call it Gnawa. Why? Because in each country, they have their own history where the name came from. Abs absolutely. Yes, exactly. Amazing. Right. Well, then... Okay, I, I, I think that we need to dive into the music because there's going to be a lot to talk about, uh, I'm sure, because uh, I think it's an incredibly rich tradition and there are going to be lots of things to talk about. You describe the music, uh, of the Gnawa music, as uh, uh, traditional spiritual trance music. And yes. uh, so to the audience, um, can we maybe elaborate a little bit um, how all of these three elements apply uh, to the music of Gnawa people, and what are some of the characteristics of uh, Gnawa music? Uh, maybe we start with that. <laughs> yeah. So, like, if we talk about the trance, we 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 have a long night ceremonies in Morocco. We call them lilas, which is a night in Arabic. And uh, in these ceremonies, we play uh, a very sacred night for the for the people that are tranced or that are in, um, uh, possessed by a spirit. So it's like you go to, to a hospital. So we play the music for these people for the whole night in order to heal the spirits that's possessing these people, in order for them to make peace with the spirit, you know? So right. we have these long night ceremonies where people can sit down there is no talking you have to be quiet the maestro which is the the ma'allam who plays the who plays the the bass the instrument uh, accompanied with the with the with the people who play the castanets which are the the middle uh, hand uh, castanets and um, and they play these long songs and if we go to to the order of the songs we have the non-color songs that's what we start with. And then we go to the colors. We have seven colors. And each color has a minimum of 12 songs. So if we are talking about the number seven, the number seven is very worldwide. Like, you know, we have seven skies, the seven uh, seas, the seven uh, colors. Everything is number seven. Is is Cristiano <laughs> Ronaldo, you know? It's number seven. It's something, <laughs> something really cool. Right, amazing, and and colors are also connected to these spirits, like right the, to the the jinns are they're called right? Um, yeah, you know, it's like I was listening the other day um, in the like uh, the history of the voodoo, because mm -hmm. it's kind of similar to the Gnawa. So when mm -hmm. when when these people brought the music with them from West Africa to the North Africa, to Morocco especially. They were not able to, because if we talk about the colors, each color represents their own God. Like, you know, there are people who worship the, the sea. There are people who, who can worship a tree. There are people who worship the, the sun. So when they come to Morocco, like they couldn't really say that this is just based on my, my own explanation of course you know they couldn't say that oh you know i worship the 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 sun or i worship this tree because mm -hmm. in morocco 
they were Muslims, like we had Islam. And in Islam, you can only worship Allah, you know, only one God. Of course. So I think that's when they came up with like, oh, they're not gods. They're just spirits, mm-hmm. you know? So know. Okay. this is what I'm thinking. I don't know if that's right or wrong, but I'm thinking that's how we have the seven spirits. But also, Gnawa music has developed a lot in Morocco. It's not like in any other countries. You know, Morocco was really the, the, the musicians and the masters, they really developed this music and they innovated in a, in a, very, in a very beautiful and traditional way that really kept its, uh, its origins. Yeah, ama- yeah, exactly. I mean, there's the Viesawira festival as well. That's kind of a big, big event that exported it to the world, right? And then there's loads of. Uh, well, we'll get we'll get to modern evolutions. Uh, yeah. But we've talked right. about uh, trance, and we kind of touched on spiritual, right? So there's uh, these uh, lilas, these ceremonies, and um, um, and my understanding of them was that they're also like multisensorial. Like it's kind of a sensory overload, right? There's food involved, there's smells, there's uh, loads of colorful clothing. Uh, am I right, or uh, am I just uh, remembering wrong? <laughs> yeah, there is uh, there is basically the the colors, you know, mm-hmm. as we talked about. It's yeah. like if we're gonna play the white songs, then you know the per- the the person who's in charge, or his his in trance, he's gonna put like a white scarf on his head mm-hmm. or on her head because it's it could be male and female both transient and uh, and by the way the woman the, the person who's in charge of of organizing this lilas it's is a woman and uh-huh. she is the 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 I don't know what's the name the 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 priestess or like the, the Mm-hmm. Yeah, the priestess, the shaman, like sh- she's the woman who organizes the lila, and she's the one who hires the musicians. Oh, I see. You know, so she's the one who's who does everything. So the master just comes and plays, and because the shaman is being hired by the person who's sick, who wants to make peace with the with the with the with the spirit, so she goes to the priestess. The priestess organizes the night and calls the master and does all the incense all the colors all the food everything that's needed for that ceremony to be a successful one amazing and and is it um i guess are there multiple people there or is it just a very personal experience of the person who has who needs the help and the musicians or is it like a or is it a community event sort of does that make sense yeah uh, if you want to make a Gnawa ceremony, it cannot be just for one guest because then it's not going right. to sound. There won't be like a good, a good uh, interaction with the people because it, it, there should be like an atmosphere, mm. you know? Okay. It's like the musicians, let's say at least in a Lila I've seen, there is like six people playing the castanets plus the master, it's seven, plus one person who's with the band, who's only in charge of taking care of the colors, you know, he, wow. he, he switched the colors, he switched the incense, that's his job, of you course. know, if, if a woman is trancing and she, and the, you know, she dropped one of her rings or like one of her earrings or anything, he collects everything mm. because we call, we have like the, the front space in front of the master, we call it Rahba, Rahba, it's like a mini stage. Okay. That's where ev- the magic happens. That's where if you have, if you want to trance, you have to come in front of the maestro to start trancing, you know. But some people they prefer to trance in, oh. in their own space, just sitting. They can just you know, and that happens to me. But some people can go in front of the maestro and really get in trance, because that's when you really smell the incense and each color has its own incense. You know, it's that's that's the magic there, and and all this stuff you cannot study in a in in in, in a school. You have yeah. to dig deep into the tradition, and you have to hang with the maestros so you can really learn. And and and, and if we talk about the the order, is different from one city to another. 
Oh wow! You know, if you go if you go to Agadir, which is in the south, the order is different than Rabat. It's different than Casablanca. And then everything in Casablanca and Rabat is totally different than in the north. If you go to Tangier, if you go to Tituan, it's totally different. So that's why Gnawa is more than a music. It's like mm-hmm. a lifestyle. It's a culture. It's it's right. it's it's more than a music. That's why I said like it's dance too, because like with the music, there is so much dance happening. There is like a beautiful choreography between the maestro playing the gimbri and the, the kuyus, which are the people that plays the castanet, doing the dance with the maestro. Like you really have to be synced and be connected with the maestro so you can really do some, give a good show. And it's also a competition between the, the kuyus that are playing. So you have to show, oh, I'm better than you. You know, it's like, <laughs> it's like a beautiful wow. competition. And if we talk about the dance, like there is like some, some of the, um, some of the jumping, like when, when you see them, like, you know, the Gnawis did jump in the air. And to me, that represents freedom. That represents like, I'm no longer, I'm not, I'm no longer a slave. You know, mm. you don't have handcuffs on my hands. You don't have handcuffs on my feet. You know, here I am. I can, I can sp- split my legs in the air with my hands too. Like I'm free. I'm, I, I can fly. So this is just like my own thinking of like what makes sense. Of course. That's fascinating. Yeah. Wow. Amazing. Wow. Yeah. Um, I mean, okay. So you said that. I have so many more questions about Alila, but I do want to hear, but I, I, which I will ask. Yeah. It's, it's just, I, you know, it's awesome. It's so interesting. So, but I want to ask, um, you said that, you know, you need, you can't learn this in school. You need to go and you need to talk to the masters and all that. So how did you get into this type of music? How did you, and this, and this tradition, how did this all come about? So for me, I grew up in a, in a, in a musical family. You know, we uh, we do traditional ceremonies of a different style of music. We call it Isawa. We do it once a year. It's like a huge celebration. So I grew up within that. Like my mom, you know, plays music. My dad plays music. My brothers, like everyone in the family. So, and growing up, we used to have the Gnawis used to come from like just travel within the neighborhoods basically with drums and castanets and just like doing like this um this uh this um this uh you know street shows mm. just so they can make a living because back then Gnawa music was not allowed on tv you know it was like the jazz back here in america it was only for for certain type of people like only for the low class people, the minority people who, because they looked at Gnawa music as a music for the, for the poor people, you mm. know? So, oh, they cannot play in, in, a, in a stage. They cannot play in a theater. So what they decided to do was just play for the public, play outside in the streets. And that's what a lot of people, they, they call them beggars. But to me, they are not beggars, you know, because they are giving you something. They're performing for you so you can pay for that. They are not walking around and just uh, asking you for donations. No, they're actually doing something and you're enjoying it and you pay for it. So this is what I, what I think of, uh, of that. So growing up, sometimes I, 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 I get lost just by following the musicians play the drums. And I just follow them and I end up in a different neighborhood. And then they look at me, they're like, kid. Your mom is going to be looking at you, looking for you. <laughs> go back home. And they start kicking me like, you know, like, go, go, go. Don't follow us. I'm like, oh, okay, yes. I'm in a different neighborhood. They have to run. I have to go back home. So that's the sound of the drums. That's what really does. Because when you hear it, it touches your heart. You can really feel it deep down, you know? So that, so that's okay. I mean, so that's then, not how, you, how I really yeah. started. That's what grabbed me into the music. No, great. Oh, you know? yeah, that's, just like, that's just like what grabbed me into the music. But basically, the first time I heard my Gnawa maestro, like my Gnawa idol, you know, I sent him love and peace from here. Like his name is Ma'allam Hamid Al-Qasri. You know, 
he played the, the Royal Albert Hall with the Jacob Jacob Collier. I love that guy. Like he's he's my mentor. He's everything to me, and he's the one who really put, made me love this music. Mm. You know, the first time I listened to his to his recording, I just I just fell in love with it, and just wanted to know more. And since then, I just kept on learning and learning and learning and learning until I get to meet him. And now we are very good friends. And you know, he teach me anything I need, and I go and I stay with him in his house in Rabat and he takes care of me and and it's um, it's good but learning it was a little bit difficult because my parents didn't want me to leave school because you have to go and meet other masters from different cities but I couldn't do that so what really helped me was YouTube I mm. I was wow. I was watching my master playing YouTube I was I used to go to the cyber cafe and it had to like three dirhams which is like uh you know 30 cents and i go and i have to pay for an hour and i have to download all these videos and put them in a cd so i can go home and listen on the vcd if you guys remember you know oh my god the vcd yeah. and the dvd so i used to download these videos and take them home so i can listen to them more and more you know but but that's how i really learned is by listening but then I get the chance to meet with different masters and hang with them in person. But, you know, it was a it was a very unique story for me to, to learn. I remember one time my mom was like, oh, son, you have to cut your hair. I was like, why? She's like, yeah, because now you, you, you're trying to become a Gnawi and you're trying to be, you know, hanging with these people. And there is so much talk in the neighborhood about you that you're doing drugs and stuff. I'm like, mom, I don't do anything. <laughs> You know what? What? What does doing drug has to do with my hair? I just love it. And she's like, "No, the people are talking." I'm like, "Okay, so here's the deal. You know, I don't do drugs. I only have my hair. What do you want me to do? Do you want me to? I can shave my hair, but then I can go and do drugs. Or you want me to keep <laughs> my hair and stay away from that?" And she's like, "Yeah, yes, yeah, son. Just keep your hair. It's okay. That's cool." <laughs> I was like, "There you go. Thank you." <laughs> incredible that's fantastic oh wow um i i that's a such a that's such an interesting story um uh, this how these new ways of of learning a music or and anything actually i f i feel like we are the first generation to uh potentially be able to experience that because like if 20 years before um you wouldn't have been let uh, am I Englishing right? Uh, well, whatever. Um, you are. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, by by your parents to go over, but internet cafe were not a thing. Then then who knows? Maybe maybe we wouldn't be here. So definitely grateful mm. that you that you had that opportunity. That sounds a. Uh, very very amazing i feel like we've talked about uh the instruments uh we've we've called them in ways that are um probably tangible uh to most of the listeners but uh here we like to call things with their name uh our listeners want to hear everything about them so why don't we talk about the Gwembri? how why don't we talk uh, about the castanets and all of the drums can you tell us the names how they're played what they are all of these details Okay, so the gimbri, which is the sentir, which is the hejhuj, it's the same name, yeah. but it's just different, uh, the same instrument, but just different names. So this is the, the trick with Gnawa music or mm -hmm. with Moroccan music or with Moroccan people, you know, nothing is exact. Like you always have to, <laughs> to, to use your own imagination. If I tell you something, then you always have to use your imagination to finish, to connect the dots. Okay. So, you know, if someone, I may be talking now like, you know, oh no, that's the sentir. And then it'd be like, yeah, when we play the gimbri, you'd be like, wait a second, what's the gimbri? <laughs> oh no, that's the sentir too. <laughs> anyway, so the sentir is like a three string lute instrument that's uh, covered with skin, especially camel skin and especially the neck part, because that's where the voice, that's where the sound comes out, you know? Mm. So it has to be. So wait, it's 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 camel neck skin. Yes. In like the least. Okay, I was just wondering because I thought I was confused if it was the the neck of the 
of the instrument or no, no, no. the neck of the, the animal. Neck of okay, the animal. that's amazing. Yeah. Okay, that's really interesting. Yeah. Okay. And uh, wow. and the strings are made of goat guts, like mm -hmm. the intestines. And um, and that's it. It's just uh, it's like a shape of a of a boat, you know. Mm -hmm. If you look at it, just like oh, amazing. Know, shape of a boat we, we will and put pictures uh, for you listeners on the website as usual yeah because yeah. we're seeing it and uh, we've got <laughs> yeah. a privileged position into samir's room so <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. yeah amazing so so that's why everything is organic everything is natural about this instrument that's why you feel it really deep inside of you like it really touches you because mm. everything is natural it's like a piece of tree we cover it inside and we empty the body and then we cover it with the camel skin and we put the, the neck and, um, you know, you have the strings and there you go. Et voila. <laughs> Amazing. And you played with a claw hammering technique, right? Like exactly. the banjo or the Vengoni and so on. Yeah, right? I mean, the, if you see the, the, the Nguni and the Gimbri, it's like the same family. And mm -hmm. that's, why, that's where the banjo actually originated from. Yeah. It's from the Nguni and the Gimbri. Uh, that's why one time I met uh, a, a, a talented uh, banjo player in New York and uh, she was she loved the gimbri and she's like can I play it? I'm like yeah sure as soon as she talk it she started playing with the claw hammer and she played it like she knows I'm like <laughs> whoa you know she really yeah. she really did good and I, she, I taught her a song like in a minute she picked it up and she started playing that's amazing cool. yeah and then who was, we have the, who a, was the banjo player do you remember oh her name is uh, nora brown oh my gosh i love nora brown. yes, okay. yes. that's awesome yeah. i have okay. a video such, i have a video of her so i can talented. send it to you actually i can send you the video Please of her do. playing on on, on my instrument wonderful that's awesome i, I would have awesome. loved Sorry, if, if, if if we had the amazing coincidence of it being hillary because we, we had an interview with a banjo player about appalachian oh. music and uh, we also discussed this uh, transatlantic origin of a, of a banjo. Um, and it, it would have been fun if it was her, but it would have been an amazing That's what I was curious but, about. Um, but Nora Brown is also amazing. Yeah, amazing. And what about the castanets? Because um, they're a huge part of the music, right? Because they give that sort of 6-8 um, yeah. polyrhythmic part. Uh, yeah, the castanets are made of, uh, of, uh, of like middle. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that's it. The name that's is Krakabs, uh, right? Uh, am I saying Yeah, the right? name is. Uh, you know, there is Krakab and then uh, Goro. It's like uh, oh, okay. G O R O. Mm -hmm. But that's with the the Gnawa language because, like, we do have like a very secret language between within the Gnawa musicians. Not oh, even Moroccans understand us because sometimes you want to say something about someone. But you don't want them to understand, even though they're Moroccan. So we have this secret language that we use, you know? <laughs> so. Amazing. And, and we have the drum. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yes, we have that. the drums. Actually, the drums is the first thing we do in a lila. You mm -hmm. know, we start with the drumming outside the house where the lila is being held. So the drums means like we call the spirits oh. outside. I letting them know that we have a lila inside. So you start outside and then you walk into the house. And that's when you do, you know, the 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 walking of the of the you know while playing the drums. And uh, mm -hmm. we have the ladies holding the candles, you know. They say that if you are single and you, you hold the candles, you know, you may get married. So, oh, I see. But fair enough. <laughs> Oh, 
So we kind of alluded to it before about how Gnawa music is evolving. Um, and I'm just wondering, how is that affecting um, the uh, Leelas? How is that, are, do people still, I mean, is it still something that happens? Like, do Leelas still occur in Morocco? And is it, or is Gnawa music now transitioning solely to the stage? Or And so how is, how are Gnawa musicians navigating the, like, the shift that's currently happening? Uh, the Leelas are still happening, you know. Uh, Great, that's good that's to hear. That's the that's the that's the. I don't know how to how to say it, but like you cannot play Gnawa music without having like a Leela. Even though we can right. play on big stages, we can play on on big uh, on TV and. Be, you know have recordings and studios and stuff but you always go go back to the lila that's the that's the the ground that's what hold us back you know that's the ritual you all you right. always have to to play the ceremonies even for my maestro like hamid like whenever he he plays everywhere but then he's like i feel i need to play the lilas like i feel good you know, because like you have to go back and you play the, the, the ceremonies and you, you leave that because that's that's how you're going to keep the Gnawa music alive and the culture of the music alive. Because mm -hmm. uh, without the Lilas, I think the music is going to be is going to be just like an like a music, you know. Right. So it is. I mean, yeah, I was watching an interview and. Um, of a of a person who with your master actually yeah master, I was I think. yeah exactly <laughs> I didn't even know so I was watching uh, that's one that's one interview so actually I could talk about that so I was watching oh, okay sorry um, and he he said maybe you've heard him say this I don't know he was like a, a tagine won't taste as good if you don't add spices and he was talking about that in in regard to um you know, merging different genres into Gnawa music. And I really, that, I don't, that resonated with me maybe because yeah, I like food. I don't know. But, um, <laughs> can you maybe speak on that about how, um, these different genres are kind of coming into Gnawa music? I mean, in your music specifically, you, you are doing so much with so many different musicians. Um, so can you maybe just talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I think, um, that's why I always, want to do is uh is to uh to share my music with the world and if i bring just traditional Gnawa music the gambri the castanets not so many people will understand it because everything is gonna sound the same to them because i can play the beat of like six eight for like 20 minutes and it's not only mm -hmm. one song it's so many songs within one song you know because it's like a chain you know one song is connected mm -hmm. to the other but some people may think, oh, this is so boring, you know, just one song. Because they don't really know. <laughs> they don't really know the, 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 the colors and the songs that are in, involved into that one song. You know, like there are so many parts that you really have to play. If you are in a Lila, you cannot just keep on of skipping, course. you know, one song to another. And this is what happened. Like there was like a, like a story of... Uh, you know, Jimi Hendrix went to Morocco and he attended the Gnawa mm -hmm. ceremony and, uh, and the maestro got tired. So he passed the, 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 the gimbri to his right student, to his right hand, you know, because he just wanted to go and take a nap. Like he was like yeah. in the middle of the night. He just wanted to get some rest. And, mm -hmm. um, and the student, you know, he knew what he knows what he's doing. And he was just he kept on playing. But then they finished the night. They played all the colors, all the songs. But there was one person who was, who was still uh, trancing and screaming. And no one knew what happened, what's happening with him. So they're like, you know, come on, man. Like, you know, that's it. We finished. The night is gone. Like, you know, we played all the songs, all the colors. And then he was like screaming and rolling on the, on, on the floor. So they went and they woke up the maestro. They're like, maestro, we don't know what song with this guy. We played all the songs. And luckily, the maestro knows that guy. And he looked at his student and he told him, did you play this song, this piece, you know? 
He's like, no, I just skipped into the other one. He's like, okay, give me the, the instrument. So he took the gimbal from him and he played that song for that guy. And that guy just starts feeling better. And, you know, he feels relaxed. And that's when Jimi Hendrix called the maestro like the doctor of spirits. It's like he knew oh. what happened, what's wrong with that guy, with his spirit. So he basically knew the medicine. And he just played his song and he felt so much better. So that's the thing. Being a maestro, it's like being a, it's like being a, being a doctor. You have to know how to, to control the surgery room. Because that mm-hmm. place in front of the maestro, it's like a surgery room. You have to know how to play the notes. You have to know the songs. You have to, to have an eye contact with the people that's trancing. There is so much connection because you are connecting with the spirit. You are trying to to satisfy the spirit. You don't want to make to bring any bad pain to that person. So you have to be very qualified and really. Uh, that's why it's 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 really it's really difficult. It's really hard. Of course. So sorry, I just have one question. So this is kind of a personal question. Um, so when you are playing Ganawa music, not in a lila. Do you still feel that spiritual connection as if you were playing a Leela? Like if you're on stage playing with other musicians? Yes, yes. It, it can happen to me, you know, even though if okay. it's it was fusion, but you can still feel the vibration, you know. It's yeah. like mm. you, if you listen to like a song that really that you really love, you know, and you are going through like some some pain in your life, you know, you going through something you may listen to that song and you may start crying, you know? That mm-hmm. doesn't mean that the spirit inside of you is crying, but it's just like you are having a bad day. You are not feeling good. And that music really made you feel so good and you just kept on crying. That happens to me all the time when I'm on stage and if there is the solid music, the sound is good, the, the audience are perfect, you just get so connected with that and you just start you know, going in trance while playing. Sometimes you even forget the arrangements and then you're like, you know, beep the arrangements. <laughs> so you just keep on, <laughs> on doing whatever you feel. So that, that, that can happen. That can happen. Okay. Wonderful. I actually wanted to connect a little bit to the last thing we were talking about um, just a second ago. Because, of course, so the context of Elila is, well, very specific very particular it's potentially dangerous as you said right it's a surgery room so you can make people feel bad if if done badly so there's there are all of these spiritual um elements uh to this music and to this ceremony yeah so i'm wondering and and of course we we said that experimenting with with other genres that that works and and it's okay and all of that i was just wondering how you felt about the fact that very often nowadays Gnawa music is being appropriated because that's slightly different, right? So if, if a Gnawa musician that knows everything and blah, blah, does something else with it, it's one thing. If I show up one day and I buy a Gwembri and I start playing some music and I reproduce the beat and that, that happens quite a lot, right? And it's taken out of its context completely. Um, how, how do you feel about that? Because I feel like there's a lot of that going on. Um, so I wonder if you had any thoughts. Yeah, um, actually, like that's that's why I always like to send in my messages, like in in my recordings, mm-hmm. in my live shows. That you know everything that I'm doing, it's just to reach a wider audience. But if you want mm-hmm. the 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 traditional Gnawa, you can go back to Morocco, or there is recordings. Of that, so you can really feel that traditional music. And yes, the gumbri is like any other instrument. Anyone can 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 buy it. Anyone can play it. But you just can't play the the like the traditional way. You know, if you are a bass player, because everything happens here in the right hand, in the claw hammer. Mm-hmm. There are some techniques that only the Gnawa people can do. Only the people who plays the Gnawa traditional songs, you know, because we have some techniques mm-hmm. that we use on the right hand that's very complicated. You know, we do the slapping that that's happening in the bass. We do everything. 
we we hit the skin while we play while we hit the notes so yeah. there's like a percussion and there's like a bass so you hit the strings while you hit the percussion at the same time so it creates this hypnotic sound and that's uh, you know people really love the instrument and that makes me happy at least they are picking up this instrument and they are trying to learn and play the music some some of them they try to create like a vibe of like a traditional uh, lila traditional hang that's okay you know that's cool but you can mm. do that but the most important thing that it's hard to be to do is to play within a lila you know where you're gonna have the person going in trance and then you'll have seven colors and you have to go with the order and you don't have you cannot peep up you know you cannot mm -hmm. you have to really keep on going with that you know one song is connected to the other one to the other one you have to know the order otherwise you know so that's why whenever i try to do like hangs i'm like listen this is not a lilo this is just like ass chilling hanging having some fun just playing so i don't try to um put myself in a situation where people gonna judge me oh you know you're doing a lila mm. no it's not a ceremony no it's not a lila a lila takes a lot so this is just like a hang just you know playing getting some feeling some it's like an intimate concert it doesn't have to be a lila mm -hmm. perfect thank you um yeah that's very sensible i think that's great um that's great um Alex, did, did you wanna did you wanna ask another question? Because otherwise, I have a surprise question for you, Samir. Actually, mm -hmm. uh, I don't know if Alex uh, mentioned it, but I, I was really pleased um, when when you know we were confirming uh, this episode. I went on your Instagram and I noticed one of your pictures that uh, looked very familiar to me, at least in style. And um, uh, I think it was three years ago, pre-COVID. Uh, I, I, I did a trip to Paris and I saw a photographic exhibition by Hassan Hajjaj. Oh. Uh, I hope I'm saying his name yeah, correctly. Yeah, Hassan Hajjaj. And, uh, yeah. and when I, I saw that, there's a picture that I, I'm, I'm assuming it's taken by him of you um, on your Instagram as well. Um, um, and I don't, do you want to talk about the, his work or do you want me to do a brief... A brief, a brief um, introduction to it yeah or, i mean uh, uh, i just wondering how was it uh, to work with him and, and all of yeah, that hassan, and what do you think about his hassan work is, uh, is, uh, is my brother you know he's a great guy he's mm. a very humble guy i love him so much uh i met him in 2015 i think when he first when he came to new york and he did he had an exhibition mm. and then he's like samir are you in town i'm like yes he's like okay come on i want to take some pictures of you i'm like oh really okay let's do it you know, <laughs> so he took some pictures and then the next morning he came and we met and we hang and he invited me to, to dinner and he met some of his friends. And, you know, we kept the relationship going. So whenever he comes to New York, I always hang with him and we always he's just like, come, I just take your pictures. OK, I'm like, yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Hassan is taking me pictures. Of course, who doesn't who, 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 do, who doesn't want that? So when I went to Morocco last last summer, I met with him again and I went to his um, to his uh, cafe which uh, called uh, Jajah it's like Hajjaj and Jajah it's written from the opposite side it's like if you if you read oh. Hajjaj from right to left it's Jajah from left to right so mm. that's his uh, his shop and uh, you know I love Hassan he's a, he's a very humble guy he's a Gnawa guy he loves Gnawa music exactly. so much and uh, you know, he's just like, Samir, can you just play while I take pictures? I'm like, sure. So I just keep on playing <laughs> while he takes pictures. And I went actually to London to his uh, to his shop in London. And uh, that's where he took some of my pictures as well. You know, when we uh, had um, we had a show with uh, with Bonobo at the Alexandra Palace a couple years ago oh, in 2018. Oh wow. Yeah. 
That's awesome. <laughs> I was supposed to be at that show now that you mentioned. Really? Oh, my gosh. I, I regret not being oh, there. Oh, man. <laughs> I we, didn't know that, that you, you would have we played. We played but, two uh, nights. It was two sold-out nights. It was amazing. Yeah, no, I remember it's that. So I was fun. late on the... T I, I, I didn't buy the tickets in time. Yeah. And, uh, well, now I regret it even more. Yeah, Bonobo um, is a great guy. I love him, too. And, you know, he's, he's a nice person to, to work with. Amazing. Yeah, so amazing, this is amazing, the thing amazing. that I love about... Uh, about the music it's like people who didn't know about you know music they can hear it from bonobo's track that we did with him you know so then people will be like oh what is that oh that's gnawa music then you're gonna go back and you're gonna listen oh yes this is the music because that's what i want to try to do is to it's like you know sometimes you have to talk to people with their own tongue like with their own language that's what Absolutely, i'm trying to do yeah. with music I want to talk to people mm -hmm. with their own music, like the way how they, they are used to listening to, okay, if you are a fan of jazz, then I'm going to give you Gnawa in a jazz style. If you if you love mm -hmm. rock and roll, I'm going to do a collaboration with a rock and roll band, just like I do. I have a video with a rock and roll band. So you're like, <laughs> whoa, <amazing>. okay, <laughs> this this is dope. This is cool. And then you you do like with the DJ, that what we did with the, with Bonobo. So that's where you, you grow your audience. That's where people be like, oh, okay, this is nice. But you always keep on the, the origins of the music. You always stay true to the tradition. I don't try to go out of the tradition. You know, I try to adapt with other styles. But just like what the, the maestro said, a tagine with the spices, you know. But the tagine <laughs> is the Moroccan tagine, is the Gnawa. And the spices have the outside spices you know the flute yeah. the saxophone the drums the keys the guitar the ladies doing the harmonies and the backup vocals that's something new in Gnawa music so you kind of do these spices and then you're gonna have a beautiful tagine that the whole world can eat and feel connected with now I'm hungry and I want to listen <laughs> Me too. to music. <laughs> Amazing. Okay, yeah. so I mean, I think that this is a really good time to ask you, now that we've spoken so much about um, the music and everything, would you be so kind as to show us a little bit um, on, a, like, just play a little bit of a song or of something that, that speaks to you, um, just so that our audi audience can hear what it sounds like. Yeah, sure. Yeah, man, I'm a dreamer. 
As a bass player, <laughs> I'm so impressed by the versatility, internal versatility of this instrument. It's like the internal dynamic, the, the way you switch the tone by moving away uh, from the bridge or closer yeah. to it, the rhythmical variety, the tapping on, on the soundboard. Wow. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. That's and as a banjo player, I'm like, I'm also <laughs> like, I'm, I'm, I'm like also blown away for different but similar reasons that is so yeah. cool that I was it closely <laughs> that was so amazing i had a moment while you were playing where i was just like this is i felt like i was watching an ancient tradition which i which i was <laughs> but it was just so funny because it you know I, if you don't mind me saying you're in sweatpants and like you're in your own yeah. room you know what i mean and it's just like it's such a different world and it was just like this juxtaposition of the two worlds coming together and it was just really really beautiful yeah and thank you so much course, for sharing that course. that was amazing yeah, that was amazing can you can you tell us like what what was what was what was the song what was that um did, did you go from one song into another one as you were saying before yeah, i went from uh, yeah, from okay. uh, five four to four four like mm -hmm. i went from this rhythm into right yeah. so the song is called Lala Isha Lala Isha it's like uh, this uh, mysterious uh, figure that we have back home in Morocco and uh, she mm -hmm. was a beautiful woman who who was a uh, who was seducing the the the, the Spaniard and the Portuguese uh, army during the the colonialism in in morocco and she used to seduce them so they can because they killed her family so she used to seduce them to the to the moroccan army and then they killed them and mm -hmm. um, but the but the portuguese they have this uh, this this um, this uh, this other version of the story that she is um, she is like uh, this uh, tall woman with uh, with dark hair and she has like a uh, cow feet, you know, like, you know, she's this hoofed woman who, uh, who, who, who seduces men and she kills them. And she's, she can kill anyone who gets in, in her way because basically I think they didn't want to make her like, a like this, uh, this, uh, this, uh, superhero person. 
So that's that was about the song, and I remember my parents used to scare me when I was a kid. This is for the whole Moroccans. They're like, oh, if you go to the forest or if you're out after 8 p.m., Aisha Kandisha will come and get you. You know, so stay away from the stay away from from being in the uh, in the uh, in the forest or like go out at a certain time. You know, right. so you feel like, oh, yes. Oh, man. Oh, I saw her. And then you have all these versions of people like, yes, I saw her. She was coming. She was like she had like camel feet. I'm like, OK, yes. Cow feet, camel feet. Yes. <laughs> A dinosaur feet. Yeah, there you go. You know, anyone is going to make it their own version of the story. So that was the song about her that she lives in the uh, in the mountain. And she she and she um, and she. Uh, she's a beautiful woman and uh, you know it's it's just about mm-hmm. it and that's the thing about gnawa music like most of the lyrics sometimes they're like oh can you translate i'm like it's hard to translate it it's really hard because right. the subject is mostly about the the prophet about god about the good people of god and we have some spiritual figures you know that we have and that we sing about in morocco so it's very really complicated and you know I'm actually trying to come up with like a song that still can be within the tradition but with like a more of like a subject where you can sing with mm. you know and then like you can talk about a subject and you still use the Gnawa melodies and the Gnawa rhythms like maybe pick a song and change the lyrics to it into something that can be more beautiful Thank you. I mean, we're coming to the end of the interview. And of course, we really want to know, you know, where can we find you? What are your upcoming projects? Are you going to be playing anytime soon? Um, because we'd really like to hear you. More of you. <laughs> yeah, I um, I have a new album coming out, you know, maybe by the end of this year. And it's going to be a very uh, mixed, like a fusion of Gnawa and western musicians like and western instruments and uh, and i'm also trying to to have like a traditional album as well like that i'm thinking oh, wow. to go and record in morocco because uh right. because as they say you know if you, you you never run away from from your roots like if you do one day you'll come back looking for them so i'm sticking with my roots like if i do fusion i do traditional at the same time so when people go and listen to my fusion album, they can also listen to my traditional album. So that's a really fantastic, good point. amazing. Well, let us know when you release them. Uh, we're yeah. gonna we're gonna mention it on our website because uh, the good thing of podcasts is that people listen; they discover them at different times. So it might be that somebody will listen to the episode close to them coming out. Yeah. So we we wanna have something uh, on our website so that. They can refer to that and go and check out the album, listen to it, buy it, maybe. For sure. Um, of course. Fantastic. Um, thank you, thank you, thank you so much, Samir. I'm uh, I'm very delighted. Um, I'm 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 a great fan of the style, so I'm glad that we could talk about it here. Yeah. Um, thank you, thank you so much, and thank you for your amazing playing. We're really thank grateful. Thank you. <laughs> thank you so much, Samir. Yeah, I hope you guys can make it to Morocco one day. To the Ginawa Festival. That's gonna be beautiful. I was yes. I was looking at videos from that yeah. today, and I was like, okay, yeah, booking my ticket. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the, I was actually amazing. that's the Moroccan yeah. Woodstock. Nice. <laughs> I was planning to come there um, in uh, 2020, but then of course, you yeah, know, 2020. COVID, it's 2020, <laughs> you know. Maybe, yeah. maybe. Uh, Roots Field Trip 2022 to Morocco? I think 2023. Yeah, I think 2023. That's yeah. when everything okay. is going to settle down. That's what I'm aiming okay. for. 2023. Mm. We're going to do it. Yeah. Amazing. Where can we find you? Do you have like a website? Do you have some Instagram links? Um, yeah, I do have uh, Instagram, like Samir Langos. That's my Instagram, my Facebook, my Twitter and my email, my, my website, samirlangos.com. So you just Beautiful. put samirlangos, you will, you will see me everywhere. <laughs> we'll I'm everywhere. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Right. Yeah. We'll also have links on the website as usual, but yes, amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you, Thank you guys. <laughs> Thank you. Much love. Thank you for having me. Bye-bye.
Thank you for listening to this episode of Roots, a music podcast. We release new exciting episodes fortnightly, so make sure you follow us on your favorite streaming platform and at Roots Music Pod on social media. Remember to check out www.rootsmusicpod.com where you will find resources and recommendations to discover more about the music we've explored together for the past hour or so, and more music from the fantastic musicians that have guided us through this journey. We'll see you in a couple of weeks.